Several years ago, I talked my wife Amy into going to the gym with me to work out. It was the only time in 22 years that she agreed to go to the gym with me to work out. And um, this may not mean a lot to a lot of you, but at the time, I was uh, a little stronger than uh, I am now. And back then, uh, I could bench press 225 pounds 12 times. Now, for some of you, that means that's no big deal. To others of you, you're going, that's not bad for a pastor, <laughs> right? Well, I thought if she saw me do that, she would be overwhelmed not only with my godliness, but <laughs> with my human strength and be overcome with a desire for physical expression of our commitment and, and love that we have shared together for all the years. And so I got on the bench and put the plates on and started to just knock out the reps. Five, six, seven, eight. Normally I use a spot. This time I didn't have a spot. Nine, ten, ten it got a little harder than usual. Eleven. My boobies were on fire, baby. I mean, like shaking away. And I'm, I'm at 11, and I think, I can get one more. I mean, everything's riding on this. And, and I mean, she's going to love this. And I'm going for 12, and I'm extending up, and my arms are doing all this kind of stuff. And I realized this is not going to end well. And 225 pounds came crashing down on my sore little boobies. And, and, <laughs> Uh, I'm panicking, thinking, you know, she's going to be making fun of me forever. And I looked over, and by some providential miracle of our good God, she was not paying attention. She was checking her hair in the mirror. And I was like, if I live through this, at least I won't have the humiliation. And so, since it was clamped on the side, I couldn't just dump the weights. And so, I thought my only option is to roll it off as fast as I can. And it was going great. <laughs> I got it down to right here. She looked over at me, and it was like, she said, what are you doing? I'm like, it's a new leg exercise. You wouldn't understand. It's for advanced bodybuilders like me. Could you help me unlatch this on the side? And she, she did, and, and uh, years later, I told her the real story. And, and we, we laughed today about the time her husband got crushed under all that weight. Well, that's an example of our physical bodies not being able to handle weight. Uh, in this series, we're not talking about our physical bodies, but we're talking about our souls. And so many people, I believe, just like I thought I could handle that weight, think they can handle the weight of this world and end up not physically crushed, but crushed with the weight of the world in their souls. If you missed last week, our key thought that drives us through this series, Soul Detox, based on my new book, uh, is this, write this down. We are not a body with a soul, 
But if you remember what we are, all of our churches, let's say it aloud, we're not a body with a soul, but we are what? We are a soul with a body. And, and the difference in those two thoughts is really uh, very, very important. We are not our bodies. Our body is really a house, a temporary dwelling for who we are. In other words, when our bodies die, we don't die. We continue to live eternally. And we talk a lot in this world, and I think it's important, about taking good care of your bodies. And we talk about detoxing our bodies. In this series, though, we're going to talk about detoxing our souls. Because I believe so many people all over the world are living with the heaviness of the soul. The heaviness of the soul. In fact, I read an article. It's very interesting. It said that our generation has the highest percentage of people who deal with a constant low-grade depression. Our generation has the highest percentage of people, they presume of any generation, that deals with a low-grade constant depression. Now, what I'm not talking about is a deep clinical depression, which is an important issue, but I'm talking about people who just all the time, constantly live with a heaviness of the soul. It, the article said that for a lot of people, they can't even put their finger on it. There's nothing that's really, really wrong, but yet nothing is just right. And we're a generation of people who have so much more to live with and so many great things, and yet there's a soul dissatisfaction. There's a longing for something more. There's a, a lack of hope, and there's a lack of faith, and there's not a lot of optimism, and, and it just seems like we're just existing and, and not really making a big contribution. And for so many people, there's a heaviness of the soul. Well, this isn't new. In fact, our, our key verse for the day is, is David in the Old Testament in Psalm 42, verse 5. He asked himself a question, and this was his question. He asked his soul this question. He said, why are you so downcast? Why are you downcast? Oh, my what? Everybody help me out. He said, why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. He said, why so disturbed within me? Why are you heavy? What, why are you uneasy? Why are you worried? Why are you upset? Why so disturbed? Oh, my soul. And I want to try to answer that question today. Why is it that there are so many people that live with a heaviness of the soul? And I believe there are, are three main reasons, if you're taking notes, here's what they are. Um, so many people are, they have, have heavy souls because of hurts from the past. We're heavy with hurts from the past. In fact, Jeremiah illustrated this well in Lamentations 3, 19 and 20. As he reflected on the pain from the past, he said, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them. And as he looked back to that, those painful memories, what did he say? Everybody say it aloud. He said, and my Soul is what? It's, it's downcast within me. I'm guessing that there are a lot of you that there is a present heaviness based on a past hurt. Some friend lied to you or, or let you down or, or your spouse betrayed you or you lost a job and you felt like it was unfair or you had an opportunity and you, you didn't do it and you regret it or you said something you shouldn't have said or somebody did something to you you, you wish they hadn't done and you've got a present 
heaviness based on a past hurt. And I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I'm going to push you a little bit today to be really transparent before God because I believe God wants to do a healing work. How many of you, all of our churches, would say, yes, there, there is. Sometimes I do have a heaviness of the soul today because of something in the past. Would you just raise your hands? Yes, there's so many of us, right? There's another reason I believe that we have a heaviness of the soul, and that is many of us, we're heavy with trouble in the present. It's something going on right now. Job described this well in chapter 4, verse 5. He said, but now, not in the past and not in uh, the, the future, but he said, but now trouble comes to you. Some of you can relate to that. And because of the current trouble, you are discouraged. It strikes you and you're dismayed. Uh, there are so many of us that right now there's something going on and you're thinking, I didn't see this coming. Okay, this wasn't on my five-year plan for my life. I don't like this. I, I, uh, uh, I, I didn't plan on this. A lot of people, I believe, there's just kind of a constant dissatisfaction of, you know, I thought when I was this age and doing this with my life, I'd, I'd have more meaning or I'd be in a better relationship or, you know, I didn't think there was going to be this trouble and there's a heaviness. There, there's, there's something going on right now. In fact, again, I'll ask you just, uh, just to, to help push you for transparency before God. How many of you, you have something right now in your life that's giving you a, a heaviness of the soul right now, a burden, a, a concern? Yeah, there, there's so many of us. Uh, there's a third reason that so many of us are living with a constant heaviness of the soul. And this is the one I think I'm most vulnerable to, and I know a lot of you will be able to relate. Many of us, we're, we're heavy with anxiety about the future. We're wondering about, you know, how are we going to make it through what is to come? You know, how, how, are, how are we going to pay the bills when our debt is rising and, our, and our, uh, our bank account is shrinking? How are we going to get it all done with three kids around the house and they're in diapers and we're, we've got this? What if my company lays me off? What if, you know, what if the economy struggles again? What if one of us gets sick? What's, what's going to happen? Even Jesus, believe it or not, uh, there was a moment when he looked ahead to the pain that he would endure when he became sin for us, and he knew what that pain would be. And being God in the flesh, he knew that God was going to turn away and he would cry out, my God, my God, where are you? And in anguish of his soul, he cried out to God. Uh, Mark 14, verse 33 and 34, Jesus began to be deeply distressed, deeply distressed and troubled. And what did he say? Not my, not my mind, not my body, but what did he say? He said, my, my soul, say it again, everybody, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. My soul, there's a heaviness of my soul. Some of you might say, as I look back into the past, or I look in the moment at the present, or I think ahead to what could happen, that there's trouble all around. And so I just live with an ongoing heaviness of the soul. I mean, sometimes there's nothing really, really wrong, but there's nothing that's just right, or sometimes I just, I, I just am constantly uneasy. There's a heaviness of the soul, and unfortunately, so many people think that's just the way life is. That's just the way it is. I'm always going to live with the heaviness of the soul. It's a little bit like uh, I had a shoulder injury in college. I played uh, college tennis my senior year about maybe six or eight weeks before nationals. I heard it, and I didn't want to stop playing. I, I wasn't good enough to, 
to hit the pro circuit like some of my teammates, so I thought, this is it for me. I'm just gonna play through the pain. And so I would take a lot of extra strength Tylenol, a bunch of them, before I'd play, and I would just play through the pain. And unfortunately, that decision ended up with what I just knew was a lifelong shoulder injury. So for years, I mean, 22 years from then to now, um, I could play, but then couldn't play for four days because my shoulder would be recovering. And I couldn't sleep with my um, arm up by my head, and so I had to sleep with my arm like this, and when I got married to Amy, she's like, why is your arm at your side? That's just dorky looking. I'm like, live with it. That's the way it is. It's just, and so for 22 years, I, I, I couldn't do this. Well, then I ruptured my tendon and went to, uh, my doctor sent me to five-star therapy, and um, Doug is a guy who worked on my arm um, every day, and to this day, he still helps me, and he was lifting it up, and he saw me wince in pain, and it's like, what's the matter? I said, well, I've just got an old shoulder injury, and he put his finger right here, and he goes, does it hurt right here? I was like, yes, that's the spot, <laughs> you know, and he said, oh, that's no big deal. That's a such and such. He said, I'll, I'll fix that, and your shoulder will be better. I was like, look, you know, that's a 22-year injury that I've had for 22 years. It's not going to get better. Just work on this. That's not a problem, it just hurts a little bit, but I, you know, I just live with that. He said, no, I'll, I'll work on this too. I'm like, don't waste your time. And he said, don't waste my time, I'm the doctor, you shut up. And so <laughs> he uh, started doing all this kind of stuff. Well, about a month later, God is my witness. My shoulder does not hurt anymore, totally better. I sleep at night, every night, just like this, why? Because I can. Now, don't clap too hard because this part still hurts and I covet your prayers. But the point of all this is to say, you don't have to live that way. You may think it always is going to be this way. And I believe God would say to you, you don't have to live with that constant pain. You don't have to live with a heaviness of the soul. In fact, let's look again at the verse that David said. This is what he said. He said, why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul, why so disturbed within me? And then he started to preach to his soul. He started to talk to his soul. He said, soul, put your hope in God. Quit your whining, soul, you're being a baby. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. What I want to do is encourage you to preach to your soul. Some of you, it's time to become a good preacher. Just preach at your soul. Preach to your soul. Some of you, you're going to preach so good to your soul, your soul's going to think it's church. It's going to take up an offering just to give because <laughs> you are going to preach to your soul. And I want to give you three different things to preach to your soul. You don't have to live with the heaviness of your soul. Why so downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. He is the answer to the heaviness of our soul. Tell your soul, preach to your soul, number one. Tell your soul to remember God's faithfulness in the past. When you're tempted to look back at the hurts of the past, train your mind to stop, shift gears, and call to mind the faithfulness of God in the past. This is, again, what Jeremiah said. He was lamenting in Lamentations 3. Let's look again at what he said and then watch him shift gears in his mind. He said, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is heavy. It's downcast within me. Yet, watch this, shift gears. Yet, I call this to mind. Therefore, I have hope. 
because I call this to mind, I have hope. Why do I have hope and what do I call to mind? Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Oh, this is hard and this is bad, yet I call this to mind. God has been good, and I think on it, and he lifts the heaviness of my soul. As I think on the negative things, my soul is downcast within me, yet I call this to mind. His compassions are new. He is faithful, and I remember his goodness. I'm telling you, those of you who are Christians and who've walked with Christ for a while, you can look back and think about the bad, or you can look back and you can see God's faithfulness. Call to mind the memory of when you called on Christ and you were delivered from the weight and the burden of your sins. Remember the feeling when you realized he no longer holds my sins against me. Remember the time when you prayed for something and there was no human way possible that this could ever happen. And then your God did a miracle that was only something he could do, and you're like, whoa, God, you're showing up and showing off. Remember a time when you didn't know how you were gonna make it, and God miraculously provided for you, and you're like, that is so God, I give him all the glory. Remember the time when, when you were reading in the Bible and you were down, and you came across a verse, and you're like, oh, man, that's like for me. I mean, the verse just gets all over you and just ministers to you to remember when God did that for you. Remember when you were going through something in a song on the radio, just touched your soul and you knew it was from God. Remember a time when you, when you came to church and it was like there was nobody else there but you and God. And every word fed your soul. Remember God's faithfulness. I like to look back and remember. I remember when I was uh, considering Christianity in college and I was lost in my sin and I was wrestling with an odd decision. I had a keychain that was metal and shaped just perfectly to put in my little nylon, pathetically short tennis shorts that had no pockets. It was a bad era that we will never go back to. In the name of Jesus, I declare by faith today. And I would put the little keychain in there and it would hold my keys just perfectly, but my keychain had something very vulgar um, inscribed on it, which was a representation of my vulgar and sinful life. And some of you are saying, well, Pastor Craig, what was written on that keychain, and I will never tell, nor will God reveal it to you in eternity because it was that bad. And I, and I remember thinking, okay, if, I, if I'm gonna be, I mean, I was weighing it down. If I become a Christian, I can't have this, and this is like, this is wrong. And, but I thought, if I throw it away, I can't put my keys in my pathetic little nylon shorts. What am I gonna do? And so, by faith, I just decided I'm throwing it away, I'm doing the right thing, and God is my witness on that very, very day, a girl named Desiree came and gave me a keychain, baby. The same shape, the same weight, the same perfect thing to fit in my stupid little shorts, but on it, it didn't say something vulgar, it said, try God. And I knew on that day, God was reaching out to me 
and I remember his faithfulness. I don't know why you're not excited about that. That was pretty <laughs> incredible to me. And then I remember starting a Bible study in the middle of my sinfulness, but not having a Bible, and walking from, from uh, class to class, and there was a Gideon handing out free Bibles. On the day I was starting a Bible study, I was like, wow, God is there. And then I remember asking God for a wife and praying for some time, and someone said, you should meet this girl named Amy. She's overboard for God, just like you. And so I prayed about it, and I called her, and we had never seen each other before, and we were gonna meet on a blind date, and someone told her, you're gonna love him. Not only is he godly, but he looks like Tom Cruise. <laughs> and so when I went to her apartment and knocked on her door, she opened the door, and she had a big smile on her face, and then she looked at me, and she went, oh. But God was faithful and blinded her eyes, and she married me anyway, and he sent me a spouse. And then we went on our honeymoon shortly after that and came back, and our air conditioner was broken, and we had no money, and we had just read that if there are any sick among you, let the elders of the church lay hands on and pray the prayer of faith and we thought this air conditioner's sick and we went in our backyard and we laid hands on our air conditioner and God is my witness, he healed our air conditioner. If your air conditioner is down, just call me. I've got faith for your AC in Jesus' name. And then I remember we couldn't get pregnant for almost two years and we thought we're not gonna be able to get pregnant, we're not gonna be able to get pregnant and we had everybody pray and then I remember we couldn't look at each other without getting pregnant, God's faithfulness. <laughs> Listen, you can look back and have all sorts of reasons to have a heaviness of soul or you can look back and see the faithfulness of God. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. Remember his faithfulness. And then if you're hurting right now, I want to encourage you to do this. Cry out. Cry out to God in the present. Cry out to him from the depths of your soul. David did this in Psalm 142, verse 2. Hiding in a cave, he said, I pour out my complaint before God. I love the honesty of that. I pour out my complaint before God. I, I'm telling him my trouble, I'm not holding anything back. He said, I cry out to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I'm in desperate need. I, I would encourage you to make this a part of your, your discipline in seeking God, that when you have a heaviness of soul in the present, you just let it rip and cry out to God, be honest. I mean, just tell them how you feel. Don't hold back. I'm confused. I'm angry. I'm upset. I don't understand, God. Why is this happening? God, I need you. I'm in desperate need. I'm crying out from the depths of my soul. I don't like this, God. Where are you? Be honest to God. He can handle your honesty. He already knows your heart anyway. He said this, cast your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Cast them. Throw them. Curl them, cry out to God from the depths of your soul. Years ago, I was hurting in some of the weight of the church. I'd made some decisions that I believed were right. I believe God had led them, me to make them, and yet there was a lot of kickback and a lot of people were upset, and I was physically exhausted. I told 
Amy, after church on a Sunday, I've got to go out and just spend some time with God. And, and we have a little bit of land, but my neighbors have a lot of land. And so I went through some trails and went out in the middle of their land. And it's nothing but, I mean, like woods, deep woods, like scary animal woods. And I just got all alone. And I'm like, God, I just need you. And I just started crying out. And the tears just started flowing. And I'm like, God, I thought you led me to do this. And where are you? And why isn't this going right? And I just cried out. And I mean, I'm talking, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, probably 45 minutes or so into it. I just really sensed the presence of God. I mean, just, and I just kept crying out to him. And, and the more I cried out, the more it went from complaints to worship and to this, just this trust. And I stayed out there for a long time. I mean, we're talking two hours, three hours, and I'm just in the presence of God, just crying out to him. Maybe four hours or so, and it's like dark now and getting darker. And then it was dark, and then it was like dark, dark. You know what the difference between dark, dark, and dark is? You have to be in the woods to know the difference between dark, dark, and dark. It was dark, dark, <laughs> and suddenly I realized I'm in the woods. I'm glad God is with me because there's scary animals in here. I thought, I need to go back to my house. And so I was walking back, and I heard an animal, and I don't know what it was to this day, but it was an animal. It could have been a squirrel, could have been a rabbit, could have been a raccoon, could have been a bobcat, or could have been a mountain lion. And you know how I am with cats. And, <laughs> I'm out there unarmed. We're talking no nunchucks. I'm vulnerable all day long. And I heard this thing, and I, I remember thinking a bad word. I, I'm mostly certain I didn't say it. I am certain I thought it. And I'm like, I'm just with God, now I'm thinking bad words, and there's a lion out here about to kill me. And I ran back to the house like a little girl. And, and, and anyway, anyway, that's the side story. The, the point is, it just makes me feel better to talk about it. Um, cry out to him from, from the depths of your soul. Hey, so why so downcast, oh my soul? I'm gonna put my hope in God. God, here's how I feel, I don't understand. God, I'm upset. Cry out to him. He's your heavenly father. He, he, he loves for you to cast your cares on him. Uh, one of my daughters came to me um, recently and she was just hurting. And she sat down by me on the couch and, and she's older now. She's a young lady now, and she was hurting, and she just said, Dad, I just need you, and she just cried out to me, and, and um, I was so sad that she was hurting, but I was so honored to be her daddy, to comfort her. Cry out to me, sweetheart. I'm here for you. Cry out to God, your heavenly Father. Cry out. Take the heaviness of your soul and just take it to him because he cares for you. Why so downcast? Oh, my soul. Put your hope in God. You don't have to live with the heaviness of the soul. You look back, you see his faithfulness, and in the present, you call out to him. And then when you're anxious about the future, I just want to remind you to trust in God's power for the future. Trust in God's power for the future. Trust that he is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He's already in tomorrow. You can trust him with your future. Powerful verse describes this, 2 Chronicles 32, uh, 7 and 8. Uh, Hezekiah, the king of Judah, says, uh, be strong and courageous. He's telling God's people, do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. They were afraid. There was an army they thought they couldn't beat. There's a future battle they've got to fight. He says, for there is a greater power. Everybody say greater power. There is a Greater power, one, one more time, I want you to feel this. What is there? There is a greater power that is with us than with them. With him is only the arm of the flesh. In fact, that they just have what they have. 
but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. In other words, they just have what they have, but we have what God has. Did you get that? They just have what they have, but we have what God has. And we have, if you're a Christian, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. You trust God's power for your future. One of the most meaningful personal stories of this is um, my wife Amy, when she gave birth to six kids, rapid fire. I mean, like boom, 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 boom. I mean, six kids coming out like crazy, okay? And uh, it was very hard on her body. And right after giving birth to, to one, she, um, uh, her body would go numb from her head all the way down to her feet, half of her body. And this went on all the time. She had tremendous anxiety, all sorts of other very complicated health issues. We went to doctor after doctor, specialist after specialist, scanned everything over and over and over again, and she was convinced she was dying. And she wouldn't want to go to sleep because she's afraid she wouldn't wake up. And she was really afraid because she's like, hey, I love you and you're a great husband, but if I die, this thing's going bad because I've seen you with the kids for two hours alone. <laughs> you know, and you know, so she, I mean, she's got tremendous, tremendous anxiety, and, and I got it as well, and the doctors couldn't figure anything out. And um, the bottom line is we weren't trusting God with her future. Well, she sought God in prayer and in the word over and over and over again, and she finally got to the place where she switched gears. And she put her faith in God, and she made the conscious faith decision, um, if I live, I trust God. If he takes me, I trust God. No matter what, I will trust and praise him. And it, it all changed. Uh, coincidentally, Right after that, her um, episodes cleared and she's been in good health since. The chick doesn't worry now. She doesn't worry. It's annoying. I'm kind of, sometimes I'm like, hey, worry with me, babe. Let's sin together. Come on, let's, <laughs> let's do this together. She won't worry. When I was, um, when I was up in an airplane on 9-11 and, and airplanes were falling out of the sky, I landed, I called her, I'm like, hey, I'm okay. I know you were worried. She's like, I wasn't worried. I'm like, oh, come on now. <laughs> you were worried a little bit. No, no, it's like, you, know, you were thinking if something happened to me, how are you going to make it, right? So, no, God would take care of me. Like, yeah, I wouldn't worry about you either when you're going to die. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why so downcast? Oh, my soul. Hey, soul, put your hope in God. I mean, if we believe this stuff, we believe it, right? Why so you don't have to live with the heaviness of the soul. You don't have to live with the heaviness of the soul. You don't, you don't have to live with that. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Last week, I, I gave you a chance to be still before God, and I want to do that every week in this series. We detox our body. I want you to detox your soul. And if your soul is heavy, I want you to take a moment and just focus your thoughts on him. Remember his faithfulness from the past, cry out to him in the present, trust his power in the future. Uh, yet I call this to mind, therefore I have hope. We are not consumed because of the Lord's great love, for his mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Why so downcast, O oh my soul? Put your hope in God.
Our Father, I'm aware that there um, are so many that just live with an ongoing heaviness of the soul. And God, I pray that today in your presence that your Holy Spirit would do a supernatural miracle in our souls. That God, we would learn to talk to our souls and tell our souls the truth of your word and recognize, God, that you didn't create us to live with the heaviness of the soul, but we can come to Jesus just as we are, and he'll give us rest for our souls, he'll give us peace, and that we can truly put our hope in you. As you're praying today at all of our different churches, there are a lot of you that, if you're really honest, you're just going to say, there's an ongoing heaviness of the soul, of my soul, and I want to trust God, I need his healing, I want to put my hope in him. If it's you today, all of our churches, and you just say, I really, there is a heaviness of my soul, and I want to put my hope in him, I'd love it if, if you'd pray for me. Would you lift up your hands right now, just all of our different churches? There just, there's so many. God, I, I thank you for the honesty of, of, um, of your people. God, I pray that, that your word would be true to us in our hearts, that, that we just look at it and say, hey, what, 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 what's the deal here? Our God is good, he is in control. God, you are faithful, your mercies are new every morning, you give us everything we need to do everything you want us to do. Your grace would never fail us. Your strength is made perfect in our weakness. You're good through and through, you're already in tomorrow. God, I pray for healing of the soul. I pray that we would detox our souls. God, I pray that, 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 that our souls would cry out to you and we'd find hope in you and we'd find rest in you and we'd find peace in you. And God, I, I pray that there would be those who'd be set free, that you would lift the heaviness of our souls. Why so downcast? Oh, my soul, oh God, we put our hope in you. As you keep praying today at all of our churches, there, there are many of you, you've got the heaviness of the weight of your sin. Man, I remember this like it was yesterday, the guilt I felt of all the people that I'd hurt, all the lies that I'd told, all the ways I had, had, had lived contrary to God's truth and, and broken his heart, the heaviness of the soul because of my sin. It, it was when I realized that Jesus died for my sins, that he became sin, that he died, that he rose again, that if I'd call on him, he would lift the heaviness of my sin. He would forgive my sin. He would make me new. All that, all that stuff would be gone and everything would become new. He would cast my sins into the sea of forgetfulness. He would remember them no more. There are those of you, that's why you're here. It's time for the weight of your sin to be removed, for you to become new because Jesus gave his life for you. There are others of you. You're searching. There's a heaviness of your soul. You're looking for anything, everything that will fill that emptiness. Jesus said, hey, what good is it for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? You are not a body with a soul. You are a soul with your body, and your, your soul longs for something more. You're longing for God. You are created for him to know him and be known by him. Your sin separates you from God. As you call on him, he will forgive your sin. He will fill your soul. You will know him and never be the same. And that's why many of you are here today and you know it. It's time for new life. It's time for his life. It's time to surrender completely to him at all of our churches. You'd say, that's me, I know it. I need his forgiveness, I need his grace. I want his life. Today I call on him. I give my life to him, Jesus. 
take my life, I give it to you. Would you lift your hands high right now at all of our churches and say, that's my prayer. Right up here, both of you together, man, what a day for you guys. Praise God for you. And here in the middle section, way back here as well, others of you, I just, I want to find you and see you. Right back here, both of you back here in this section, right up here, sir, praise God for you. God, invade his life with your love. Others today who say, yes, me too, church online, you click right below me, right back over here in this section. Yes, I call on you, God. I put my hope in you. Save me from my sins. Others today, this is my cry, right back there. Praise God, and you as well, both of you, right back over here. New life in Christ here, both of you. Others of you, let's go today. Come on, call out on him. Call out on him. Call out on him. Pray aloud. Everybody with those around you, pray, Heavenly Father, save me from my sins. Make me new. I believe Jesus died for me so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I could serve you for my whole life. Thank you for new life. I give you mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Life Church from your souls, lift up praise to God, worship him, welcome those today born into his family.